Welcome to Just the Facts. We're very excited today. We have a very special guest we've known for a very long time, Mr. Craig Crisenberry, who is the Executive Vice President of ACV Major Accounts. Thank How's you, that Bob. for a title? That's, even, that's a great title. That's a great intro. <laughs> I even got it right. You did. Thank you. Great to have you here, Craig. You know, the, the industry has gone through a lot in the last two, three years, as everyone watching this understands. It's still going to keep happening, right? It's still going to keep evolving. And, and I know you have a lot of exposure to a lot of what's going on out there, you and your company, uh, especially with the major accounts. Can you, can you maybe just touch on one or two things to kick us off as to what you're seeing out there that is pretty general, what most people are encountering? Right. Is there one or two things you could think of that are probably the two big ones? Yeah, I would say the number one thing that's coming up in our visits with with major groups, but with dealers in general, is unknown. It's it's really the unknown question for the unknown problem for an unknown future. Other than that, it's easy. Other than that, other than that, anybody can figure this out. Um, it, It truly is. It's. Dealers have went through, all of us, honestly, have went through a, a, a crazy ride over the last four or five years. And, and the ride is going to keep going. Um, and I think from our vantage point, most dealers are looking for an answer to the next problem. And the next problem exists today. And as, as we meet with them, oftentimes, more often than not now, we're unpacking the problem for them. We're, we're actually helping them uh, come to clarity with opportunities yeah. that, that they're not seeing. And so I think through that, if, if I were to really summarize it down, what we've seen is consumer home vehicle acquisition, acquiring cars from consumers, as, as everybody knows, that number has exponentially grown over the last couple of years. But what it really comes down to is acquiring or capturing the consumer. Because this is, while it's a battle for cars, certainly for everybody, retail and wholesale, it's actually a battle for consumers and keeping the life cycle or the journey of that consumer connected to either the dealer or the major group or the franchise. Yeah. You, you know, um, we were talking a little bit earlier um, and you had mentioned the big box independents, right? And of course, they've always had to have a source of inventory because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't have the luxury of a new car franchise and the steady trades and lease returns and yep. all those things that the franchise enjoyed. Now that everyone's in that sandbox, it's a little crowded. Is, yeah. that, is that a fair statement? Very fair. Very fair. So when you work with, let's stay with the big box independents for now. Um, are they, is it still the same set of tools they're looking for? Or do they come at it from a little bit different angle? And obviously we don't need the secrets of the sauce. Right. But is there minute differences or major differences between the way the franchise dealers are approaching it, our normal independents, and then the big box independents? Because they have much more volume. Am I right in assuming that? More volume, uh, very centric teams, a lot of time spent in uh, planning, a lot of time spent in data uh, and data analytics, Uh, but ultimately a lot of time spent in future success Mm. modeling. Uh, Again, none of that secret sauce. Um, And and really, I think most dealers, franchise, you know, uh, uh, smaller uh, multi-store or major groups, I think... Everybody feels that they or, or we are all spending collective time there, but there's a difference. There's a difference. Um, from my vantage point, I see a very focused nationwide approach from Big Box. 
Um, I see uh, that they are scaling their business model to be universal. Mm. As, a, as a former major retailer, yeah. uh, you know, my focus, of course, was my local market when I first started 30 plus years ago. Uh, as, as I grew and, and even you know, got into a position of running one of the major national groups, we started looking much bigger, but never really fully nationwide. And if we did, we were very focused on targeting. Um, that's even smaller by comparison to what I think is happening today in the auto industry. And that's not to say there aren't some major groups that have that focus. There are. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, today, if you look at, look at the entire dealer network as compared to uh, the network of dealers who are very focused on a nationwide scale, regardless of their physical position or where they sell inventory, I think there's a vast difference in strategy. I think there's a vast difference in leaning into technology and, and leaning into the, the most forward edge technology to reach consumers and then acquire either cars or retail transactions. You know, you mentioned your retail background. Of course, I also have a retail background and, and leaning back in my memory when I was you know, at AutoNation and, and we had 300 plus stores and 08 hit and people yeah. stopped buying new cars. We had to be creative fast. Yeah. Right. On how we're going to stay in business. And we did. Yep. Right. We, yep. we did. Uh, building the VVO outlets and being able to keep our own supply line. Luckily, we were big right. enough and still had enough supply. We used to let go freely for wholesale profit. All of a sudden, we were keeping those vehicles. Yep. That's something dealers have had to do again. Yes. Right. Quickly. Not, not so quick to send them to auction. Would yep. you agree with that? Totally agree. What have you seen there? Because I'm, I'm not in a dealer. I haven't been for 10 years now, but. Yeah, I think it's, there's a very consistent trend that more and more dealers are, are keeping inventory, uh, keeping a, a deeper uh, level of cars that they would be uh, normally might not recondition. Now they're really looking at them. Um, some are even using inspection solution companies to inspect those cars mm-hmm. uh, before they're, even their technicians get to them. And, and the reason being is to remove bias uh, because there is technician bias against certain products, certain types of repairs. Um, so, so I see some groups, I'm seeing more and more groups move toward, uh, looking at things differently that way. Um, the reality is that, that there's just not a lot of cars out there. I mean, you know, let's face it, the rental fleets, they've all been defleted significantly compared to where they were before COVID. Uh, you have fleet lease. No, you don't. There's, there's virtually no fleet lease. Uh, you have lease returns. Uh, we don't even know what actually, if you think about it, there's not only no lease returns during COVID. If you've seen the numbers, lease returns actually went, or leasing generally went down substantially. Even though interest rates were low, the leasing programs got to an all-time historic low in number of vehicles leased. So we are now looking at a full 36 months before that refleets those mm-hmm. portfolios. Uh, so there's just Disney more cars. <laughs> so I think what is happening is there's a segment, a, a fairly good size, but not industry-wide segment that is evolving. And they're saying, and they're looking at the problem for what the problem is, and that is, we need cars. That's that is probably the first and foremost statement we hear. We need more cars, and we need car the right cars. But the conversation behind that conversation is the customer, because those cars, all those cars, even repossessions, came from a customer. But if there aren't any of those coming in, then where is the customer journey beginning, yeah. and where's it ending? Yeah, you know, it it's always been true. Well last 20 years the united states 
net used car sales for the year always averages around 40 million. Yep. Maybe it's 38, maybe it's 42. Keep it at 40. Divide that by 12, you get 3.3 a month, mm -hmm. right? Yep. But what a lot of people weren't fully aware of is that it's really divided into thirds, right? You have franchise dealers, which mm -hmm. comprise a third of the sales. You had independent dealers that comprise a third of the sales. And you had people, mm -hmm. which comprise a third of the sales. And even though the people number is always a little lower because it's not regulated, right. you know, you sell your brother a car and you keep the title till he pays you kind sure. of stuff. But it was always roughly a third, a third, and a third. Mm -hmm. Well, that's still the case, right? And just because dealers don't have cars, people still do. They do. And so that part of the business is blown up in terms of people selling cars, flipping cars, all those yep. things that we used to call it, right? Curbing cars, whatever you yep. want to call it. Now, the only, the only uh, caveat to that in the equation is it takes new cars to make used cars. They have to be new to start with. You have to have something. You have to have something. Got to sell them something. And that number is down. Yes. So nothing in, nothing out. Right. That we got to look at that too, right? Yeah. If our production numbers are down, and according to the manufacturers, you're partnering with all of them. We're partnering with all of them. They they're not increasing that number anytime soon. Nope. Mm -hmm. Certainly not twenty three. Yep. So again, that dip, if it wasn't new, it can't be used. <laughs> Have we thought about that? How, how do what, we get there? Exactly. Is, how do we get there? How do we squeeze something out of out, not out of nothing, but how do you squeeze more juice out of one orange? Yeah. I mean, really, that's that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, I think as, as I look forward, some of the, some of the other uh, big changes is electric car. Okay, electric car is uh, a big push this year. I'm glad you went there. I wasn't sure if you wanted to. So sure, <laughs> sure. No, it, you know, all this stuff is, that's why I say is, I, I don't even like the word evolution anymore. Because yeah, yeah. evolution, to me at least, it, it, it kind of says this is going to occur over time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're in a time where it's more ignition. Because... Yeah. This has all happened. The fire hose, not a faucet. It literally has happened or yeah. is happening in a month or yeah. two months yeah. or three months. So we don't have time for evolution. We have time for ignition, which means you have to have a strategy and a plan. Electric car, when you look at the typical owners that are buying those cars, they're trading in those cars. They have trades. But it's much harder to gain access to or uh, you're fighting to get the trades from a disruptor, you know, somebody coming into the industry that's disrupting the franchise system. Yeah. Um, and trades are now going to an alternative place. Another big change is manufacturing ordering, where you have to order a car. I've talked to a lot of groups that are seeing trade capture, and you know what trade capture yeah. is, number of cars you capture versus deals worked, yeah. okay? uh, whether it's new or used. They're seeing drops in trade capture right now of 12 to 18%. Really, look to books down. Yep. 20%. Look to book is down. It's getting hammered, actually. Because people order a new car. They have a month or two months or five months, some case a year and a half. And in that time, they start shopping their cars. They start looking for... They know the market's yeah, hot. Yeah. They, are, they are, honestly, better educated than, than the average, I would say, probably uh, the average used car manager appraising that car unseen. Not, not better educated than the used car manager, but yeah. unseen. Yeah, yeah. They know the car. They know what they're looking at. They have multiple bids. I, I, I heard recently that the consumer journey now starts with 27 searches, 27, this comes from Google, 27 yeah. Google searches yeah. before they make their first click, first click or contact lead submission form. So if that's true, it's coming from Google, so I don't have any reason to really think it isn't. That means that consumer has already pre-thought out a lot of their plans. 
And that car could be going, and a lot of those cars could be going somewhere else. And, and the unfortunate part is, if, you, if we today as dealers, and obviously I'm not a dealer, but just kind of putting that dealer hat on, if dealers today don't have a strategy and a plan, not just how to better communicate or contact a customer or a lead submission form or, or hang something on their website, we buy cars, those things everybody's going to have. They're not, there's no ignition there. That's just trying. Yeah. Okay. Valiant effort, but trying. Ignition is a plan that leaps into the consumer's home or their business or their life and causes them to stop and think. And most importantly, and this to me absolutely is the most important thing today that I would recommend to any dealer, the controls, the outputs have to be in your hands. Yeah, controllable. Yep. So for example, yeah. if you're subscribing to any solution and the, the outcome of the solution is to deliver information that you have no influence or control over that a consumer's gonna see, okay? So the consumer's gonna see this data, this information, and you have no control over that, you're probably fighting a losing battle. Because the industry, the leaders in the industry, those numbers are controllable. Those outputs are controllable. They know where, not only to lean into what markets, they know the value of a vehicle or the value of that consumer. And they're leaning in to win what they're trying to win and bringing it back to their operations. And they're, they're doing very well of it. You know, we, we could talk about this for hours. It's very interesting talking to you about this topic. Uh, we, we promise to keep these not ours, so we'll, yep. we'll start wrapping it up. But I know you just gave us one. <clears throat> to our general audience out there, right? General audience, everything from the mom and pop got five cars to the big box like we talk about. Is there a word or two of encouragement you could leave them? Because everyone's got bad news and bad news is easy to find, right? Yep. We, we like to keep things upbeat sure. if we can sure. here, right? What are the solutions? Are there one or two things of bright light you can share with our dealers that maybe you see coming or maybe it's already here and not everyone knows about it yet? Well, Any of those kind of insights? Sure, sure. and, I, and uh, for those that are listening, I hope, uh, and watching, I hope this isn't dark. I don't yeah. want this to be dark. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not my intention. Um, look, tomorrow, I've been in retail forever. Yeah. The, the, the neat thing about the retail franchise system or retail car people, I mean, we've been through everything. Yeah, we're pretty resilient. Everything. When I, the first car I, what first car I sold, okay, spin the clock back, 1981. Uh -huh. Interest rates were 16. Good credit might get 15%. Yeah, okay? yeah. Gas, it was cheap compared to today, but it was like two bucks a gallon. Yeah. Uh, you know, the cars, not so great. Okay. Junk. Aries I, K. I got Remember the Aries, too. Aries K car? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and all those fun stuff. I, my first demo was a, a Chevy Chevette diesel five speed with no air conditioning. There you okay. go. That was your demo? Uh, that was my first demo. Right? <laughs> have to work your way up from there. But so look, we all have the ability to quickly make changes. Mm -hmm. In fact, in this industry, it is oh, the you best. You wouldn't be equipped. sitting in that chair, you're exactly. saying yeah. Best equipped to make change. Yeah. I think the most important thing that, that, uh, that somebody watching could do is really pause, take a moment. Okay, I don't, whether it's five minutes, whether it's a couple hours, and just think about what, what aren't we doing? Or more importantly, who should we talk to to see what else should we be doing? Or maybe we should drop and start doing something different. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I go to a conference, I, I call you up, or I talk to other industry people and, and just say, hey, what's going on out there? What's happening? And you get ideas that are game changing. Yeah. Absolute game changers. Yeah. So, so to your point, uh, you know, on, on a top note, 
we all have that ability. Every one of us. Yeah. We all have the ability to, to change tomorrow. So, so we can do that. That's in our wheelhouse. Here's the best news. Most, if not all the change, we can do digitally. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wait for a physical experience. We don't have to wait for uh, all these things to come together or these these uh, components. It's not or mechanical dumbbells. like There's no, usually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, we can we can whatever it is we want to change. We have the tools today, digitally through a lot of different people in the industry, that you can make those changes literally tomorrow, and start down that process uh, that path. But that gets the, this gets to the big part. Today is process more than ever. You you were at AutoNation. Yes. Okay. AutoNation has processes. Yes, they do. One or two. Yeah, one or two. Process is everything. Yep. Because process is the outcome of the consumer experience. Mm -hmm. And the consumer experience is more often than not what drives retail sales. People buy from people they like, people they trust. Still a people business. It's still a people business. That will never change, right? Yes. So we have faster tools, right? We have an industry full of fantastic partners that, that can actually help. And really good partners help you before you have to get into a lot of negotiation and discussion and contracts and all that stuff. They, they're, they're partners. They lean in. They help you right out of the gate. And then you have outcomes, things that, that you can actually see and tangibly measure quickly tomorrow in the experience your customers have and your capture of, of their business, ultimately. We absolutely appreciate you coming here. One of the things we like to do to end the segment is tell our listener audience a little bit about ACV. Um, maybe briefly what you do, and if they want to get a hold of you at ACB, how do they do that? That's 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 a great question. That's that that <laughs> might be that's not, that's probably not my that's a good one, not my favorite. But uh, so well, it's easy to get a hold of me. I'm I, it's uh, real simple, Craig with a K. Uh, so it's just K Quisenberry at acvauctions.com, auctions with an S. Um, ACV, who are we? We're a technology company, but truthfully, we're a people company. We we hire. Uh, the best people in the industry. And I, I can truly say that we have uh, people nationwide. Uh, we do more inspections outside the gate on vehicles than anybody in the industry. Your 360? Yep, True 360. Want to touch that a little bit? Tell them what that uh, is. Sure, yeah. True, so True 360 is a strategic partner with Carfax. Yeah. Fantastic partner. Um, and we do the inspection or, or think of it as vehicle validation. So what happened on the Carfax? It, it has an indicator and Carfax, you all do a fantastic job through data, providing the information to describe what happened to the car. Yep. However, consumers oftentimes want a third party, some type of further validation that this is what you say it is. Or in many instances, it's a very clean car, but it doesn't really say if the car's ever been painted on. Right, right? Right, and right. we can do that. We can, we can come in, we can inspect the car, we can provide that customer and that dealer the assurance that this is a good car, this is a retail ready, sellable vehicle, and, uh, and, and actually publish that through you folks through Carfax, so that's yep. really cool. Um, but we also have Max Digital, right? So Max Digital or First Look, as some of us knew it back in the day. Um, that is also one of our uh, companies uh, that, that does fantastically well in inventory management. Uh, we just acquired a company called Monk out of France. Now, most people don't haven't heard of that, unless they're in <laughs> France or in Europe. Uh, but Monk's really interesting because Monk has uh, a, a in-depth uh, team of AI, uh, engineers, and they have developed some self-inspection tools uh -huh. uh, that are being used in Europe right now. Um, and we we plan to to bring nice. bring those Mobile. stateside. Uh huh. Nice. And a consumer can do it, and it can tell you things about a vehicle that actually we would probably even miss. It, it's it's uh, very detailed. It's very impressive the solutions that they've built. Uh, but we also have a couple other 
uh, companies that we own and, and we're growing. Um, you know, again, technology-based company, we're based mm-hmm. out of Buffalo. And, uh, but generally, most of our people are nationwide and remote workers and very responsive. Buffalo's near and dear to my heart. It is, it is, <laughs> close in your neighborhood. It is. Hey, thank you, Craig. It's been absolutely a pleasure having you on board. I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Of course, of course. We will see you next time on Just the Facts.